Again, Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And what's amazing there is when it talks about that he's blessed us in heavenly realms. And you're going, well, how is it that he blessed us in heavenly realms? Because, you know, heavenly realms, you think of an exalted place, a position up here. And you're like, how does he bless us up here in Christ? Again, it's in Christ. Because we are in Christ and he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Do you know where that puts us? At the right hand of God the Father. That's why we can boldly go before the throne of grace. That's why we have entered into that holy of holies. Uh, that place that before only the high priest could go once a year. But now we have direct access to that. You know, in Christ we have that. Uh, and it's just a, a powerful thing. And, and if you have time this week, I encourage you, read through the book of Ephesians, even multiple times, different versions, because it's so powerful. This next little section of Scripture is, is so deep, I could spend weeks on it. But I want to focus in today... Uh, on a different part, and that is going down to, oh, let's see, we'll go to verse uh, 17. And here Paul is talking about a prayer he has, and he's talking about a prayer he has for the Ephesians, and I think it's a prayer that we can have uh, for our lives too. And Paul says in Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And I'm going to stop there for a second. And here's Paul's prayer, and he's saying, listen, I want you to have this revelation. I want you to have a spirit of of wisdom and revelation, and and that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives, you know that. Uh, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach you. Uh, As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about where he wasn't even going to share everything there was to share. He said, but the Holy Spirit will come as a teacher, and he'll reveal these things. Um, Paul will go into and talk about this great mystery that he had, and the the ability to share a mystery that God was going to make of two-one. That he was going to take Jew and Gentile and make into one body. And this was a mystery. You can find it woven in to the Old Testament, but they didn't understand it. They didn't know it. It was a mystery that was revealed uh, at that time. And the spirit that we have in in us is able to reveal things. Uh, Like we talked about scripture this morning. I mean, there can be scripture you've read a hundred times. We've all had this happen, right? And then you read it again and it's like, wow, (laughs) that really speaks to me. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in as he continues to reveal. And not only reveal these things, but it's a spirit of wisdom. So that we know how to apply those things in our lives. So we know how to to live a life that that is uh, subservient to him and and exalting him and living a life that brings glory to him. Um, and, And then he goes on and he's talking about that we would know that hope for which we are called and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And I think this is something that sometimes we lose sight of. Sometimes it's more of a focus than it should be. Uh, There's just not a balance of it. 
But the hope we have is for that glorious reunion. We, we even talked about it this morning, you know, that day, uh, that great family reunion I think Dennis talked about, you know, when we're all going to be gathered with him. We're going to see our loved ones that are in Christ, and we're going to be in that place, and we have that hope, and we have the riches of his inheritance, and we have an inheritance in this world, yes, we have the joy, we have the peace, we have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have a peace that passes understanding that we can have in this life. We have a comforter that comes. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from the hard times. We have some of the same problems other people have. Some of us may have more problems than there's people in the world have than some people do. But he's there to bring us through. He's there to be that comforter. He's there to be that peace. Uh, we have an inheritance in this world. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be wealthy in this world, although some people are. But we're going to be wealthy in that world to come as we keep him first, as we strive for that, as we store up those treasures in heaven uh, that we get to have. Uh, and, and that's amazing. But then in verse 19, I mean, I could spend so much time just on this little bit, but I just want to kind of put it in context. Um, he goes on and he talks about, you know, he's talking about the glorious inheritance of the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, uh, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And, and going back to verse 19, he says, you, you know, he wants you to know about that power that, that is working in us. And it's like his mighty strength. Can you imagine God's mighty strength? <laughs> Not his weakness, but his strength. I mean, God's foolishness is wiser than man. God's weakness is stronger than any man. He's stronger than the enemy, Lucifer. He's stronger than all the demonic forces. But his mighty strength is what he used to raise Christ from the dead by his Spirit. God the Father did. The Holy Spirit did. Jesus did. The Trinity was all involved in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as he rose him up from the dead, and as, they, as he comes up with new life and a resurrected body, that's the same power. That is at work in us. That's that power that makes us new creatures. That's the power that gives us a new life. That's the power that we can say we are born again, born anew. Born spiritual beings that now have a power of God within us that is so much stronger than any power of this world. And the thing I want to focus in on today and, and, and in the following weeks, because we'll, we'll go deeper into this, is that power that he gives us. You notice the power... Um, here in the, the New International Version, it says that it's far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every title. In the King James, you'll read like principalities, powers, um, uh, rule, dominion. And this idea of Christ being over principalities and powers, and I want to talk about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age. Uh, spiritual forces of wickedness and heavenly phileses, because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against them. But I want to start with the idea that, and the, and the fact that, the power of God within us is greater than the power of the enemy. Yes, the power of Jesus' name, remember, his name is above every name. Not only in that time period, or that world, or that experience, or that um, uh, 
how does he say it in this one? In that present age, or in that age, but also in the age to come. His name is always above every name. And praise God that in the name of Jesus, we are able to walk with healing. We are able to cast out demons. We are able to take authority over these demonic forces that are at work in the world. And uh, more and more, we will pull back that veil of what is happening in the world and the way these principalities and powers are working and the, and the things that they are striving to do. Uh, we talked about one of the things this morning. They're, they're out to destroy families. The enemy does not like a husband loving a wife. The enemy does not like a wife loving a husband. The enemy does not like parents caring for their children. The enemy does not like children being obedient to their parents. Uh, the enemy comes in and destroys, and he destroys families. And how many of you know he's been pretty successful in our country? Yeah, he sure is. Is he not? I mean, just wiping out all kinds of families, uh, uh, just destroying, bringing division. And how many people, you know, they're on this marriage and that marriage and this marriage and that marriage and just nothing working uh, for them. The enemy doesn't like families. The enemy doesn't like even the idea of marriage. A man leaving his father and mother and cleaving uh, to his wife. And that's why they bring in all the, you know, homosexual marriage and all the different things that, that, that they're dealing with. But we'll go deeper and deeper into this, but I, I want to start today with the, with the fact that the power that we have, the name of Jesus, and the power that is in us with the Holy Spirit is so much more powerful than the enemy. He doesn't want you to believe that. He doesn't want you to know that. See, he wants you to feel weak. He wants you to feel helpless. He wants you to feel like there's nothing you can do. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. The, the smallest, weakest Little old lady that can barely walk with arthritis and can barely talk has more power in Christ than Lucifer has in the world. And he's amazing. He was an amazing creation of God, but he's a creation of God. And Jesus' name is above his. Jesus' name is above every name. I think about uh, even just the name of Jesus and how it was used by... Do you remember the seven sons of Sceva? Do you remember that in Acts? Um, Paul's going around and he's casting out demons as he's doing that. And there was these seven sons of a leader called Sceva. And they would go around and they did like exorcisms and stuff, made some money off of it, you know, casting out demons. And so they're going around and they're using the name of Jesus and they're going, casting out demons. Well, then they go to cast out demons in this one. And the demon goes, wait, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? I don't know you. You see, they didn't have Jesus inside of them. They didn't have that power inside of them. And the demon beats them, strips them naked, <laughs> seven of them, <laughs> and they run out naked, <laughs> and they're like, whoa, <laughs> that guy was more powerful than me. But an individual with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them that is alive in Christ would have had the power yeah. to deal with that demon. Now we do see there was there was uh, an individual that had like an epileptic type episodes it looked like that had a demon. The demon tried to throw him in the fire and the water and stuff. Remember him? Yeah. And the disciples did try to cast him out and they weren't able to. And they asked Jesus why they weren't able to. And he said, hey, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And some people say, well, it was a lack of faith. That's what needed prayer and fasting. Or it was the, the only way you can cast out the demon is prayer and fasting. Either way. The point is that Jesus was making, and the thing that we need to take to heart, is there are times in our lives where we need to spend time in prayer 
and fasting. Yeah. We need to have that intimacy and that closeness with Him. And the reason we do that is not so that we get more power or we get stronger or we get some kind of thing from God or something. It's to deaden ourselves to the flesh and the desires of our flesh so that we're strengthening our spirit so we're able to grow closer to Him and know what to do, um, how to do it, what to say, um, how to react. And we have that intimacy and that feeling. You know, one of the things about the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's not just being filled with the Spirit, but it's being filled continually with the Spirit. It's walking in the Spirit, keeping step in the Spirit. And one of the things that helps us with that is prayer and fasting. And I recommend that to everybody to take times in your lives of prayer and fasting. And it's amazing that we live in a world now today where there are probably many people that call themselves Christians and have called themselves Christians for years and never spent time fasting. And, or they never really spent time in prayer. Oh, you know, they pray over their meal and they'll say a prayer before they go to bed or something. But not time in prayer where they spend, you know, some time just listening to God. You know, that, that's one of the things I see with prayer. Listening to God. Saying, God, you know, what do you have for me? Where are we going? Not just telling God what to do, but letting God tell us what to do. Amen? Yeah. Amen. How many of you know that's part of prayer? That's a big part of prayer. Yeah. That's an important part of prayer. Knowing His will. You know, because sometimes it's easier for us to tell God what to do, <laughs> but let us listen to him and hear what he has to say.